You are only as strong as your weakest link. We talk about that today, but we talk about how when building a team, what matters, how you get back to it. With many practical lessons, a couple tears, I may be self-deprecated a little bit, but then I fixed it, but we break down all of this and I had to cram it in because this is more about how you think than it is executable, but there are a lot of executables in here. There are full of how, how to do this with yourself, how to do this with your team and plenty of tied examples. So it's a good one. Uh, you're going to want to listen to it, maybe take notes. I cannot wait to hear, uh, ask a couple questions. So please DM me so I can get the answers. But without further ado, I'm going to stop. I don't even know what that phrase means. I'm going to Google that phrase when I'm off this intro. So I make sure I use it in context because I know it feels so easy to say. But for whatever reason, I questioned it in that moment. So I'm going to have to Google it. So that has nothing to do with this episode. So I'm going to shut up now. I love you. (laughs) Here's the intro. Let's get into the show. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today, we're going to be talking about how a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Or as in the Marine Corps, they used to say, we are only as strong as our weakest Marine. Um, And I say that, and I was writing this out today, and I was struggling with the word weakest. And so I kept looking up and looking it up. And then I was like, oh, I don't mean weakest in like we're weak humans. It might be weak in an area or off in a moment, or there's a lot of areas that go in it, but it's never about the human. Maybe it's about scale or role fit or anything, right? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to give you a little bit of some life updates. Um, Where am I? Oh, I'm really, really excited, even though I only slept like three hours last night. But I got home from Dallas last night after an incredible, incredible, incredible five days in Dallas with my absolutely adoring new family forever we had to be families in a previous lifetime like we just know each other and that is uh the incredible carlos machado Lindsay machado every one of you every one of your kids everyone that i've met it was incredible we had an incredible event um for brazilian jiu-jitsu and then a tournament and we did a business event i had the absolute honor um to introduce breathwork uh, to a whole room of 200 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners at very high levels that uh, haven't really utilized it. And we were able to do it in a way that they utilized it as a tool and it opened it up. And then a lot of them are business owners. And so like my bucket's incredibly full. And this was the, like the last trip on my books. And so I'm not leaving Montana, which makes me so happy to be here with Branson and the family and in the business. Um, anything on the books right now. And so I'm here till our event, which I'm stoked because we are, the lineup is incredible. I know I only have three official speakers, but there are 15 highly, highly paid speakers and experts in the room in the audience as well. So this one's going to be bananas. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty fucking excited about it. So that was great. And then Bali was great. 
Um, and we're recording a podcast, uh, I think in three days about Bali. And then I have a lot to share about me. Um, and I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. So for those of you that watch the video podcast, you, you've probably noticed me shrinking massively. Um, and social media and everything. And, and a few people have commented. And I haven't posted the photos yet because... I really have just been celebrating every ounce of how easy this is and how happy I am. Um, and so I actually found an audio recording today uh, <laughs> that I recorded three years ago when I found a photo that when you guys looked at me on the outside, I had it all put together and I did. I was I was relatively happy, but I was inconsistent and I was struggling and I was expecting things to change. And uh, I found this audio recording and I just so happened to take a a photo of myself like three days later. Um, And I was around 232 pounds and this was three years ago. And, uh, but I was the most quote unquote successful on paper that I'd been ever making more money than I'd ever made. And boy, oh boy, was I unhappy. And that's not true anymore. And so uh, I am officially 170 pounds of lean, mean fighting machine at 40 years old. And I feel better than ever, which is giving me a whole lot of energy to do this podcast and talk about what we're going to talk about today. So all of that is coming. I'm going to record an entire podcast on it. I'm going to break down how I did it, what's different, my distinctions. And if you guys want me to go in depth, I can go even more in depth. Um, and treat it like a Friday episode and maybe even have Ashley interview me. So shoot me a DM and let me know because I'm getting ready to do those. But I know you're going to hear this soon because uh, this is coming out relatively soon. And I really value your feedback. And I read every one of them because I respond to you. You know this. I love you. Okay, it's cool. So let's talk about team. Okay. So the easiest way to break this down is team starts with us, right? Like we've all had that <laughs> coach or boss or whatever that was like, do as I say, not as I do. And we hated it. And it wasn't about their skill set. It was about their state of being. It was about their integrity, right? It's so it's like we lead ourselves first and then our state of being sets the example to lead our team and sets the container, right? This creates growth, connection and depth with your team. And so this is kind of what we're going to be talking about today because I see (laughs) everywhere people that are convinced that their business is stuck or not growing or not scaling uh, because they're missing something. Like they're missing a, a button or an offer or an ad or something. When in actuality, and and I can say this confidently now after doing this for so many years, I'd say that is relatively true. But in the lens of a percentage, the percentage of the truth of that is somewhere in the lens of like 0% to maybe 30%. And then the other 70% of that truth is that it's always something within the team, culture, communication expectations or no expectations, spoken, unspoken, people feeling safe, people feeling involved in something deeper than their job role. And I would say that seven to nine out of 10 times, that one thing creates the clarity for everything else that was there or the solutions, or it starts happening instantly because a team has to work together to win a game when there is a game and they're playing together. And so if a team is on the field and there are 12 of them and they are not communicating, they don't like each other, 
there are things that are unsaid before they get on that field and they're taking those emotions on that field, they're not going to win that play. They're not going to score a point. They're not going to do whatever. And so it matters more than anything, right? And like I see, and I know we've all seen this, a lot of bullshit advice for when it comes to like team management for entrepreneurs. So like, I'm going to throw this out there as a caveat six minutes in before we get any deeper. I'm speaking about this like this is the only way because I genuinely, genuinely believe that this is the only way. After being a Marine for 13 years, and I promise you, people laugh when I say this, but you don't know what leadership is (laughs) until you have 55 Marines who don't like each other and you don't like some of them and they don't like you, but you have to work together to accomplish a goal and you can't fire any of them. Like you literally can't fire them at all. That's when it gets really, really fun, but it teaches you a lot of important lessons and team matters more than anything. And it also means that you can set aside differences area in areas of your life and find common ground or the movable middle like Jonah Berger talks about. I genuinely believe that's the only way, but it's not. And if you don't want to do it this way, don't listen to the rest of the podcast. If you feel like you should emotionally break people, be disconnected and do any of those things that we see all the time, gaslight the team like set them up to fail knowingly something's going to happen and then be like, Oh, we'll just see what happens. Cause we need a reason to fire them. No. Like if you think that's the way I'm not your guy. So just stop listening now. Okay. So we've seen it. We've seen it in corporate where you're treated like a number. Maybe you've been in the military and you felt it right. We hate the feeling, but it oftentimes gets recreated and it gets recreated uh, by accident right? Either it was something that you read in like a 1960s leadership book or some clip goes viral or the business is under constraint or something in life is under constraint or we just get so addicted to just being in the weeds all the time that we miss the bigger picture, right? There's there's a lot of reasons and, and that, none of us are ill-intentioned. Like I have been, yeah, I've been the biggest of assholes um, and I no longer am and I never will be again, but I have been the biggest of assholes and Um, as hard as that is to say, as hard as that is to say, the awareness there is that like, there's always something to be gained from us as leaders, knowing that at the end of the day, the success of our team is always going to come down to us, our ability to lead, our ability to stay grounded, our ability to just really choose the heart and soul of everything. And I mean, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about this. Um, because I have like a very clear chapter by chapter book, um, in my brain of massive, massive amounts of increasing consequences in my life and pain caused to others and not due to any ill intent of my own. Like I, I wasn't consciously trying to hurt people, but in one way I was because I was consciously choosing to not look in the mirror and hold myself accountable. I was working more. I was distracting myself. I was self-harming by eating a lot and not moving my body and like literally not sleeping. And then I was even telling stories about how (laughs) I should be celebrated for that because I was working so hard, but I wasn't. I was just killing myself. And then I was projecting all that internal self-hatred of myself into the world. And I caused massive amounts of pain and collateral damage and 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 I've been there and it caused a mountain of stress and I didn't have any 
I didn't have any ill intent, but I also realized that a lot of what I'm talking about today's podcast about how to do this to the team. And the reason I said we have to win by leading ourselves first is because I was only applying them to the team. And then I wasn't leading by example. And then it didn't create safe containers. And I didn't tell people when I was scared or when I was stressed or that I was really depressed. Um, I was so petrified to be vulnerable because I felt like I was such a failure. So I just kept working harder and harder, but it was out of self-harm. And it was all these moments that all those people um, that have been in my life standing for me still stood for me and had this clarity many, many, many years ago and started this path of healing, this massive, massive path of healing, which has been one clear path, which has been a path of self-love. And I don't care how woo-woo you think that sounds. I don't care how you feel about that. But I'm telling you, if you can't sit with yourself in any moment, like if I paused this podcast, turned off all the lights, and just sat here, if you can't do that for whatever amount of time that you want and feel okay and at peace with yourself and have positive thoughts with yourself, then in my opinion, there's muscles that I get to go flex for myself because that's the state of being. And from that place, everything works, right? And so for me, I think the only time we ever fail when it comes to leadership, when it comes to ourselves, when it comes to leading a team, is when we find these things, when we see these moments, or when we have these divides where we don't just grab the bull by the horns, get everybody together. Boss this example, let's find the heart, let's find current state, let's work together. We're a team, right? And that, that's what it really boils down to. And so no matter why we get under constraint, like that's kind of what happens. And I say this all the time in the lens of marketing and business, but it really applies to team more than anything is that you'll never win on width, but you're guaranteed to win on depth, right? And, and a team, in order to be effective, can't just be a team when they're on the field. They have to be a team when they're off the field. And you can't just know somebody by their roles and responsibilities, or that's my video editor, or they do this for me, or that VA out there, like, yeah, I just send them this and this. I was like, oh, have you ever talked to them? No. That's not team. That's not team. That's people out in the cold getting thrown scraps, right? Team has to exist. You have to know their name. You have to know what's who's on your team. You have to have some accurate current state of their being to know if their behaviors are acting normal or not, or if their communication is. Like You have to know who's on your team in order to be effective on your team. That includes contractors and people you hire and 1099s and even some of your customers or people that you bring in as ambassadors, like these people have to be on your team because they have to be a part of something deeper than just performance or else when things get hard and things get bad, then we don't have a why deep enough to come together to look deeper than the symptoms that we see to find the actual problems and solutions that we as a team can find together. But at first we have to remove all the personal stuff. We have to not take it personally. We have to not project. We have to be like, yeah, we're a team. Like I fail and I genuinely mean this. And if you want, Ashley can come insert a clip right here, but she never would because she wouldn't let me say I fail. But I'm saying this for you because I still have insecure thoughts and muscles that I flex out as I ramble. And sometimes what it feels like if I'm not tuning into gratitude and supporting myself, sometimes it fails, feels like I fail 700 times a day. And it only feels like a failure when I allow the radio dial to be tuned too far out. But like, this is just a part of the game. And 
if every time I felt like I failed, Asher was like, yeah, you did fail. Yep. This is your fault. Yep. I'll go fix it myself. I'd be done. Like there, there'd be no chance. I could never perform. I could never be seen. I could never get back on that field. It just doesn't work. And so we have to be a team. Teams matter. And if you're a team of one, you have to hone these things and do these things that I'm talking about in this episode. So I'm going to give you specific hows. You have to do them with yourself as well and attempt to, to whatever level of clarity and integrity you have to hold yourself accountable to them. Or that's my invitation at least. And so I'm going to jump into my notes now so I can stay on topic and keep this episode shorter than an hour so it can be in the time zone it's supposed to be in, even though my time zones are still all warped because of uh, Bali travel. But here we go. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back on track. So we have some examples in here uh, when it comes to team, right? Great teams have great depth, right? And so if you're a sports person or a sports analogy, right? Typically, like in teams, they have strings, right? If you think about hockey, and I don't watch any sports, but I'm like dangerously aware to sounding competent. So you guys can all correct me if you want. I'm probably going to misspeak, but I believe in hockey, right? I don't know how long the, the, the quarters are or the halves are or whatever they break it down into. But when there's players on the ice, there's also a second team where they exchange in and out to get relief and to get tired. So they have backup, they have depth, right? And so it's depth in some positions there, right? So that's kind of the sports string. So as the game goes on, the second string comes in to relieve the first string. And so in your business, you can have a first string and a second string and a third string, but not necessarily in the lens of having three video editors or... seven copywriters like kind of in the queue it's kind of a little bit different but that's the easiest way to summarize it to frame it for lack of better terms right so you don't need to double every role or position but i'm going to break down how this works in our business and i think it'll help me explain it a little bit better right so the tangible example for us in my business is like in the first string we have myself right hi and then that's me george then we have our social media gal ali right then we have our video producer jan And then we have our podcast editor, uh, Delia. And then our second string, which is in this example, why I'm going to explain it to Ashley, because, well, she runs point on like the mind of George basketball team, for lack of better terms. If we move it to basketball, she's kind of the coach and she runs point on the whole thing. She's also able to sub in for almost every position on the team. And I mean, to the point of like getting it done, maybe not technical video or audio editing, but she'd figure it out in like 20 minutes. And then me as well. And then on our team, we also have just a lot of people. We communicate. Everybody knows what everybody's working on. We have a single source of truth in ClickUp. They all prompt me the same. I give them the assets that they need. We all communicate through the coach. And she holds everything together. And then if somebody takes, you know, a week off, then we all go to the team and we're like, hey, who can cover? And we're like, we'll do this and this and this. And so it's this shared mission because we know we're a team. And as a team, that means the whole facility is all of our responsibilities if we want to win as a team. And so that's kind of what we mean um, where it's not necessarily doubling down, I think for me, I would explain in the lens of more so having a deep relationship with your team. And by deep, I don't mean like you live together or any of that. Like 
deep like their family, but that might mean you see them at Thanksgiving once a year and that might be a team retreat, right? But you still text your family and you FaceTime them and you talk about things other than family matters, right? About their life. (laughs) And so when you have that level of depth, you have support. And then that support lends itself to a lot of times, even in doubling roles and positions, it might not be in the lens of the task. It might be in the lens of supporting as a friend. It might be lending an ear. It might be noticing something because we communicate so well and just kind of knowing when to reach out, right? So for us right now, we have an incredible solid team to fit the needs of our business, but we've also created depth within the team to create this structure. And I'm going to tell you how, but I also want to explain this because uh, business this year has been like a roller coaster and successful, but many, many pockets due to a lot of emotional states and stress and swings and also uh, load, right? Uh, just in, in life, the way that my year scheduled out and played things. I had many, many up months and then some down and a lot of fulfillment. And in that, the business kind of got compressed, but it also was kind of a gift because we realized we were missing depth in a lot of areas that we had them or thought we had them and realized we were missing some things that we didn't have. And we were like, oh, we need to go back to this, back to the drawing board, exactly what we teach, exactly how we do this. But it's also really, really, really insane because now after doing these, I would say we have increased our output, like intentional, clear, everything we do, we do on point. It's on purpose. And is it quote unquote where we would want it to be? Break check. Let me take a moment to interrupt myself. I don't run ads on my own podcast, but sometimes I forget that I can tell you about things on my own show. So I'm interrupting for a very important announcement, which is the Lighthouse Business Accelerator. Because it is event time. And as a fellow entrepreneur and business owner, you know how important it is to attend live events, especially ours, with the world's most intense Rock, Paper, Scissors Championship with the best prizes. But that's why I'm thrilled to invite you to our event that will transform your business and catapult your personal growth as a leader in the industry. And if you do not believe me, I swear to God, just go to mindofgeorge.com slash event. I will not tell you. The people on the page will tell you. Their videos will tell you. But the event is getting ready to happen November 16th through 19th in Whitefish, Montana, my beautiful home at the Grouse Mountain Lodge. We have a new event location. So down and dirty. It is a three-day event with an optional four, and everybody takes the fourth. They're just limited spots, but you'll find out more about those. Who's going to be speaking? Luckily for you, the best my dear friend Mo Ismail and my myself will be co-curating. He'll be speaking, and he is literally the best in the world at short-form content. It is mind-blowing. When he speaks, everybody writes notes and listens. My dear friend John Wellborn, who is just a wealth of walking wisdom and knowledge. He was a NFL player for 10 years. He studied stoicism. He has degrees in rhetoric and from all these different places. And I learned so much. And then I have a special surprise up my sleeve, but I'll keep that with you there. So at our event, it's all about community. It's all about relationships. And our goal isn't just for you to walk away with clarity, which you will, mastery and understanding of customer journey, which you will, but also feeling recharged and on fire, ready to go into the world, knowing you have community and support. And so whether you're just starting out, totally fine. We have about half the room of that. Running a seven-figure business, totally fine. We have you. 
eight-figure business, we got you, and we have had billionaires in the room, and we focus on principles and communities, and everybody learns from each other, everybody benefits from each other, and everybody wins. And so I can't wait for you to be one of the 75 entrepreneurs in the room in that next experience with your bucket full. So I'm going to let you get back to the content, but I'm going to tell you, I cannot wait to hug you and high five you in Montana. So come be ready to be with 75 entrepreneurs that are all hungry for growth and networking and supporting. And of course, the world's most competitive rock, paper, scissors championship. So I'm going to let you get back to the content. But irregardless, right now, it's time to go to mindofgeorge.com slash event. Check it out, and we will see you November 16th through 19th in Whitefish, Montana. You don't need to double every roller position, but I'm going to break down how this works in our business, and I think it'll help me explain it a little bit better, right? So the tangible example for us in my business is like in the first string, we have myself, right? Hi, and then that's me, George. Then we have our social media gal, Allie, right? Then we have our video producer, Jan. And then we have our podcast editor, uh, Delia. And then our second string, which is in this example, why I'm going to explain it is Ashley, because, well, she runs point on like the mind of George basketball team, for lack of better terms. If we move it to basketball, she's kind of the coach and she runs point on the whole thing she's also able to sub in for almost every position on the team. And I mean, to the point of like getting it done, maybe not technical video or audio editing, but she'd figure it out in like 20 minutes. And then me as well. And then on our team, we also have just a lot of people. We communicate. Everybody knows what everybody's working on. We have a single source of truth and click up. They all prompt me the same. I give them the assets that they need we all communicate through the coach and she holds everything together. And then if somebody takes, you know, a week off, then we all go to the team and we're like, Hey, who can cover? And we're like, we'll do this and this and this. And so it's this shared mission because we know we're a team. And as a team, that means the whole facility is all of our responsibilities if we want to win as a team. And so that's kind of what we mean um, where it's not necessarily doubling down, I think for me, I would explain in the lens of more so having a deep relationship with your team. And by deep, I don't mean like you live together or any of that, like deep like their family, but that might mean you see them at Thanksgiving once a year and that might be a team retreat, right? But you still text your family and you FaceTime them and you talk about things other than family matters, right? About their life. (laughs) And so when you have that, level of depth, you have support. And then that support lends itself to a lot of times, even in doubling roles and positions, it might not be in the lens of the task. It might be in the lens of supporting as a friend. It might be lending an ear. It might be noticing something because we communicate so well and just kind of knowing when to reach out. Right. So for us right now, we have an incredible solid team to fit the needs of our business, but we've also created depth within the team to create this structure. And I'm going to tell you how, but I also want to explain this because uh, business this year has been like a roller coaster and successful, but many, many pockets due to a lot of emotional states and stress and swings and also uh, load, right? Uh, just in, in life, the way that my year scheduled out and played things. I had many, many up months and then some down and a lot of fulfillment. And in that, the business kind of got compressed, but it also was kind of a gift because we realized we were missing depth in a lot of areas that we had them or thought we had them. 
and realized we were missing some things that we didn't have. And we were like, oh, we need to go back to this, back to the drawing board, exactly what we teach, exactly how we do this. But it's also really, really, really insane because now after doing these, I would say we have increased our output, like intentional, clear, everything we do, we do on point. It's on purpose. And is it quote unquote where we would want it to be? No, because quite frankly, I don't fucking know where I want it to be. Right now, it feels good that we post content, we add value, we help people. You guys comment, you respond, you listen to the podcast, you buy event tickets, even though it feels like pulling teeth to get you to buy them, even though I only charge cost for an event I used to charge 10 grand for. And you literally build shit in your business because we don't sell anything in the room except the optional fourth day if you want help by our team and the speakers implementing what you learned into your business. It's only about not letting you leave until you have this in and the mindset and the customer journey and how to do social media and communicate your messages. It applies to every business. But yet it feels like pulling teeth. And then when two weeks are out, you're like, guys, I want a ticket. And we're like, no, we had to close them. You're like, oh, I couldn't get travel. I know you waited till last minute. So by the way, the event's coming up. Go do it. Uh, Mindofgeorge.com slash event. Okay. Um, and if I miss that and this comes out after, you better get on the waiting list for the next one. Cool. So in this though, what we've been able to do is increase our output a lot while decreasing our workload and the amount of people, teams, and things that we had going on to this massive level of simplicity by getting kind of back to the team basics and communicating with each other and realizing that for me, I say this in the business a lot, is that um, what I, I wrote a note on this, so I would say correctly, um, I tell people this publicly that like, you can only get fired from my team for two reasons. If you lie to me or if you steal from me, everything else is a leadership challenge on me. But that doesn't mean that we get to a point where I'm like, hey, I've been leading. And, and they're like, yeah, this just doesn't feel right for me anymore. I'm like, amazing. How can I support you? And that's a fit thing. And so my note for you is hire for soul, but train for skills. And also understand that relationships happen for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And that decision is not up to us. But when we have a team, when we have people in our life, when we think about our kids, when we think about our friends, our job is to speak, breathe, live, and support into them to keep progressing and being better at wherever they want to be or in whatever area we see that we can help them and knowing their growth is important. Well, when it comes to ourselves and it comes to our team, the same thing applies. And so you can't be afraid of losing your favorite employee. You actually have to invest in them making them better, knowing that they should leave. But that's a beautiful place because sometimes they realize that and realize they don't want to leave. They want to go deeper. They want to stay longer. But that's the best place to think about it when it comes to how to run team, in my opinion. And I'm saying my opinion because this is completely my opinion. <laughs> and someone's going to send me a DM and be like, fine, go do your direct sales. But I told you at the beginning of this, not to listen to this if that's how you were going to run it. So that was your disclaimer, right? So for me, I'm going to break down the how for you into four buckets, okay? The first bucket is fit. The second bucket I'll call depth. The third bucket support. The fourth bucket is nurture, okay? So fit. 
why have someone on your team that you don't even like as a human, right? Ashley put this note in here. I don't know if you've seen the meme that has gone around how office jobs are funny, and I have seen this one. You'll be 24, and your greatest enemy in the world is a 55-year-old woman named Betty from finance. And I laughed, and while it is funny, it's often true. Eliminating enemies or friction or resistance or roadblocks especially in small teams, is crucial listening to this. Even if you're just on a team, a leader doesn't have to be the person at the top. A leader is anybody who chooses to be one. To know what lies underneath or choose to get off the dance floor, for lack of better terms, and find common ground and communicate effectively and be able to listen and then respond back and validate their feelings and say, wow, okay, yes, and thank you for the feedback and keep open communication, right? Like it takes that type of leader, but in order to do that, you actually have to have people on your team and in your ecosystem that are interested in operating that way. And so somebody asked me how I filter my clients. <laughs> and this is really, really simple. Uh, I ask myself if I would be willing to have dinner with them, my family and their family once a week for the rest of my life? And if the answer is no to that, then it's a no. And a lot of times that ends up changing based on me saying no and then us having more time to develop a relationship and then me saying, wow, that changed. And sometimes the other way, they're like, George, I don't want you over for dinner anymore. And I'm like, okay, cool. I love you. I mean, that hasn't happened and I've never asked somebody to stop coming, but um, that's because of that filter. And so typically, it's just about understanding that it's always going to have to be about fit, always. And in my opinion, fit has to be about personality. And yes, skill set matters, but it's still about people. And people are people. I don't know. For me, it's just people. So that's fit, right? So then the second is depth. And so in the Monopoly example, you like them, great, pass, go. Now it's about answering the question, why haven't you enrolled them into your vision or movement, right? So, so often we find ourselves accidentally or intentionally stuck in transactional relationships with our team, right? Do X, do Y, do Z. And then with that, we end up in this cycle of just completing tasks. So on the show before, I've talked about project-based management, which you can go find and we're not getting into that today. Um, but enroll them into your movement and the outcomes and focus all of your eyes on the vision. These are relationships, set ground rules, create safety, no matter the level. You are a team. You are 100% a team. And so, yes, I understand everybody has their roles. When we think about project-based or outcome-based, what we're saying is, hey, team, this is our goal. It's to win this game. However far out that game is, could be a 10-minute game, a 10-week game, a 10-month game. You break it down to whatever quarter you're in, and you're like, hey, this is where we're all getting to. As a team, we're all responsible, right? But each of us has our roles as players. And if you ever see one of your team members struggling or they get injured in a play, you would never ignore them on the field. You would jump in, ask them what's going on, and diagnose. Sometimes they might be being a wimpy, whiny, woo-woo, and they need to be reminded of that. Or sometimes it could be legitimate, or they just need a minute, or they need to catch their breath and need somebody to be there, right? It doesn't matter, but it's about depth, right? It's not just about the play, right? And I think about this too. Like if you had one of your best athletes on your team, and you told them not to do something, and they intentionally went against you and got critically injured on the field, you would not give a shit about that play. We can talk about why or what or why you chose not to, 
probably never for me. I wouldn't care. I'd be like, okay, let's support you. What do we need? And and that's how I think. And, and that's how I feel about my team. Um, and so I think that when we think about depth, like we have to remember that everybody has to work together or else nothing works. And if you have a weak link, you're not going to get there. doesn't matter if you have other chain links in that fence or in that chain that are a hundred times stronger than that one link. When it gets pulled, that one link is going to be the one that breaks the whole thing. And so the third bucket is support. Why have all the same when you can have diversity, right? So creating depth is about diversity and being able to have players who come to the table with different skills, right? Oftentimes we think about diversity in terms of location. And while our team, and our team is everywhere, stretches from U.S., Mexico, Philippines, Montana, and then some intermixed uh, substitute players or friends that are come like, can you come play on my team for a while? They're kind of all over the world. Uh, but think about it this way. And Ashley put this analogy in, which I love. Uh, think about it this way. Everyone has a different type of shovel and can shovel for different lengths of time, but we can all shovel and dig deeper together, right? And so when you all like each other and you're all enrolled in the same vision and can play off each other's strengths, it makes shoveling deeper that much easier. Right. And so it really boils down to knowing who people are as people and knowing where they're strong in their skill set, in their job, in their mind, in their emotional state, and in all these areas. And then helping them use those to support you and your team. And then you as a leader being like, oh, yeah. And by the way, these are all my areas of weakness. Self aware, cool. Can you come help me? Like, holy moly, I'm sweating. I was freezing. So I turned the heat on uh, apparently a little too much or I had too much coffee. Uh, oh no, coffee doesn't make you sweaty. Sorry. I had moldy coffee, which could potentially be true because I got my coffee from a different coffee shop today. Okay. Close that loop. That was completely pointless, but we'll keep it in the show anyways. Right. So then <laughs> when you have that, then you kind of operate as a team and, uh, then you get to a point and this is the truth of leadership. Sometimes you realize that team members are no longer a good fit. And in my opinion, unless somebody has done damage to each other, then you say, God, thank you. That has been so fun. Thank you for the memories. How can I support you? And you remain friends and amicable and you follow up. That's just how I choose to see it. So then the fourth bucket is nurture. So if you've checked all the above, there's just one more to go. And that's why have you not been watering your team daily? You've heard the phrase, people are our most appreciable asset, usually from CEOs of large organizations. But we decided to make a little adjustment to this quote. We'll call this the George and Ashley caveat. People are our most appreciable asset only if we help them grow. It's not just their responsibility to grow, but rather a shared responsibility. And so when you hear me talk about the words container, this is where I talk about putting them into a container. And that container is a container that sets you guys up. Hey, this is what we're focusing on as a team this month, this week. So what I'm focusing on the business, so I'm focusing on the personal life. Those are kind of my goals or whatever that kind of looks like for you. And then in that container, everybody operates independently, doing their job and roles and getting to those outcomes. Uh, and then in that, you guys agree in the beginning, hey, this is what we're doing. And then at any point, if one player isn't pulling their weight, then you have a conversation with the human, not about them not pulling their weight. We know that. Okay, how can I support you? What's going on? This is what's going on with me. Oh, holy moly. And then you end up with clarity and you get deeper as a team. And then you get back on the field and you solve it together. That's what teams do, right? So that's what we mean by it's a shared responsibility, right? So take, for example, a potted flower. Like you take a flower and you put it in a pot. We can give them the pot and dirt for them to plant their seed. 
Once they've planted their seed, it's our job as leaders to water them daily. No water, the seed will not grow. As weeds come up, we pull them out of the way, just like roadblocks, but it's our job to water them and other team members to be the shining sun to always and encourage their growth together. And that means sometimes you just look at the plant and you're like, I don't have to touch it. Nope, but I'm aware it's there, right? And you always kind of have to have awareness. And here's my opinion on this. No matter your role in a company, no matter your position, if you see it, it's your responsibility to say it. That's how I see it because you see vulnerability, you see potential, you see it. And I, I, I feel like that's the most beautiful thing. And when you can nurture an environment for your team, whether it's a team of one or your VA or your video editor or anybody you work with who always feels well, like, hey, I have an idea. Have you thought about this? And you guys even agree to ground rules on how to bring those up so everybody feels safe. You're going to win. You're going to win. It doesn't mean every single one gets executed, but the combination of you together and then filtering it through you and the rest of the team is what's going to make you guys magical. And so um, uh, the other analogy uh, that I'm going to tie this into with fit is the team part, right? And so a car in park, if it's running and your car's in park, no matter how hard you floor that gas pedal, that car will not move. Just like a stagnant team member will keep your brake pedal and your emergency pedal or your emergency brake on or your car in park, no matter how much you try to push forward. And so there's only so much you can pour in until the relationship drowns, right? There's like so much follow-up, so much boom to where it becomes like self-sacrificial. And that's why we believe that everything's coachable for the most part, right? And so for me, it never really gets to that. Like, it, like, I'll give you actually a tangible example. Like Ashley and I communicate so much that we know each other's behaviors. We know each other's tones. We know each other's responses. We know our patterns. And so like literally if Ashley is texting me like normal or even a couple of days has gone by, she'll text me like, hey, uh-uh, how are you feeling, right? Or she'll do the same for me. And we just literally skip the top and go straight to the bottom. And it just kind of makes this, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's led to, and this with Ashley and I many, many times, led to us changing the business because those conversations led to, well, that doesn't fit for me. Or she's like, I don't, that doesn't fit for me. And both of us realized that our relationship together and as a team together, that we wanted to pivot the entire team in that direction. So we just kept going. And then I've also had so many incredible former team members that I cherish and love daily and I still speak to and I still talk to and I will forever be their family and vice versa. And that's like my favorite thing in the world. And so, you know, you got to just understand that when you have a team and it doesn't matter where they are or who they are, it's our responsibility to make it work. And for me, I feel like it's pointless to complain about not winning the game when we as coaches or we as players or the visionaries realize that there were areas that we could have gone deeper, helped our team communicate better, or even help our team off the field that would better set them up to win. So how do we win the game? Well, shit, we lost the game. What happened? I don't know. Well, let's just audit as a leader, realize we were responsible the whole time, and then let's make a plan and start supporting people, get back on the practice field and do it again. And when we agree to the new practice, if some of the team members don't want to play on the team anymore, that's completely okay too. But don't throw them out in the cold. Help them get traded. Support yourself. Help them transition out. 
this is a really big state of mind to think about. And, you know, there's so many books on it. Jocko talks about it, Jocko Willink and, and every single one of his books. And I could give you hundreds of them. You can go read them all. And I recommend that you do. But any quality leadership book that you will read is you're 100% responsible 100% of the time. And like I relate things back to the military a lot, but I remember these stories and I remember seeing them firsthand and you have somebody who scared at me. I was fucking petrified, right? Like I was petrified in Somalia. I was petrified in Afghanistan. Like I was there and I, w- I wasn't going to allow that to change my behaviors or, or what we did, but we were petrified. I was young. I was like 20 when I went to Somalia. That's a life lesson in itself. And I remember so many times, like it would affect my job. Like I would just find myself like frozen or missing details. And I had some of the best leaders in the world because, you know, Marines, as much as everybody says we're hard asses, we love each other and we realize we have to build our team and make them stronger. Is they would very gently, like they'd support me and let me catch it. And then they would help me rectify it and help me see it. Right. And only if I didn't get it <laughs> uh, like the 100th time, then they'd be like, yo, do you want to get in trouble? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, great. OK. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I finally get it. I'm done being a child. Right. That's really, really what it boils down to. And I think that's what all of us have to think about, because our team is everybody. It's our family. It's the people we are. You are who you surround yourself with. And and it's a massive, massive component. And, and I feel like if there's people in your life lead them, show up, create the containers, do it. But your the depth of your team will, will genuinely dictate the depth of the results that you get in your business. And I know this podcast got a little long, but I feel like it's so important because it hits at so many levels and it's going to apply everywhere. And for me, I have so many areas where I get to forever make improvements and make it better and get better. But just understand that it's your garden and you have to water it. You have to look at it. You have to maintain it. You have to take the weeds out. You have to plant new seeds. And that's an exciting, exciting place, but you have to water it. So the easiest way is to water your team by acknowledging them. Whatever that looks like for you, build a container, share your vision with them, fill their buckets, know their love languages, send them a video Slack message, take the time to acknowledge them publicly, door dash a pizza or their favorite dessert to their house, send them a personal card, (laughs) send them coffee on you. It's the little things that make a difference. Treat your team, every one of them, like you treat your best friend or you treat your family members. And and I think everything gets a whole lot easier. And so I'm going to wrap because this one was long. Uh, I'm not sorry. I actually love this episode. This one was fun to record. And I'm kind of fired up to text Ashley right now and tell her I love her. So Ash, I love you. Team, I love every single one of you and I appreciate you. Uh, and I can't wait to see all you at the event and soon. And so for everybody else, that's where I'm going to wrap today's episode. Fit, depth, support, and nurture. That's where the game's going to be won. I appreciate you all. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Uh, so I'll either see you in the next episode or you, hear me, you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, 
my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com, and I'll see you in the next episode.